Welcome to the handful of Lee's podcast. Hi, Yong Hong. Hello. Welcome. So today we have an interview with the CEO of Singapore's largest meat-free chain, Green Dot. And I'm very, very happy to speak to him today because I would love to know about his reflections on his entrepreneurship journey, his reflections on his growth in Buddhism. And recently, Yong Hong became a father of a beautiful four-month-old baby girl. So we will also be speaking to learn about his insights and what parenthood has taught him. So Yong Hong, to get things started, for those who do not know you or who have not heard of Green Dot before, can you share more about your entrepreneurial journey with Green Dot? Sure. Thank, thank you so much, Cheryl, for this opportunity to be here and sharing my experiences with the audience. So I started Green Dot about 12 years ago uh, when I was in NUS, National University of Singapore, during year two of my studies. I was studying business back then. It was one of the toughest periods of my life. Mm. I, I remember I had to pack my modules into two days and the rest of the days I have to work at the outlet. Wow. So, yeah. So, how Green Dot started was because I didn't think so much. <laughs> if I think so much about how tough entrepreneurship uh, is, then probably I wouldn't have started Green Dot, especially in food and beverage. Yeah. So, I started mm. Green Dot because my business partner, Justin, He's a vegetarian since baby. Back then, I mm. was at Chongqing High School. Uh, I know him uh, since Sec 1. And back then, it was not easy being a vegetarian in uh, school because you have no vegetarian store. So mm. he has to cook his own food or he has to ask the auntie, uncles in the canteen store to cook special meals for him. Yeah. He felt that being a vegetarian is a lifestyle choice or a personal choice. Why do we have to have so much inconvenience? He thought that having a vegetarian store, having quality food in, in school, maybe will help to make the younger generations who are vegetarian like us feel proud of being a vegetarian. Because there's mm-hmm. a so that was how it started. We didn't think so much. And then we started our first store at Damasic Pauline. What about Justin that make you want to go into a partnership with him? They call it fate. We got along well. I think it's a very interesting thing. I'm a CEO of Green Dot, one of the largest chain of vegetarian restaurants in Singapore. But I wasn't born a vegetarian. So when I was younger, I'm a meat lover. No meat, no happy. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I eat the McDonald's burger. I must remove the Take away the veggies, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't like vegetables at all. Even till I founded Green Dot. Yeah, it's like me. I hate vegetables last time and I'm actually a vegetarian now. <laughs> That's why I think sometimes you just fade that you walk this path. Like what Steve Jobs always say, you only can connect the dots when you look back. Mm. I just have a voice within me to, to try. Mm. Wow. That's very courageous and also I would say a bit impulsive. <laughs> Not thinking too much and just jumping into trying this thing out, which then eventually turned into something bigger than you ever imagined 12 years later. Of course, I always wanted Green Dot to do well uh, mm. because to me, Green Dot is not just a vegetarian chain because you look at your grandparents, your uncle, your aunties around you as they age, you see that their diet actually changes. Mm. Less meat and more balanced meal, more vegetables. So yes. I feel that this change of diet will come. Mm. But you want it to come later in your life or earlier in your life. I have friends around me who are late 30s, uh, but they have a gout because of mm. seafood, beer, alcohol. Mm. So the diet is impacting their lives. Because of Green Dot, I was exposed 
to plant-based, I realized that hey, actually brown rice can be very nice. It actually can be very nice. This journey of Green Dot also changed my diet and impacted me to change earlier in my life. I hope that Green Dot can not only be a place where we serve quality plant-based meal, but also be a channel where we can help more people start their more balanced meal diet earlier in their life. It's not to fully convert you first, but at least 21 meals a week, maybe you can try with three meals a week. Change can start earlier. That's so beautiful how an entrepreneurship that was just part of your hustle became mm-hmm. something that actually changed your perception about diet, about lifestyle, about keeping healthy. I'm curious if there were any other changes that you experienced when working and growing with Green Dot, for example, in spirituality? Yeah, actually, it's been 12 years. There's a lot of things that I've been through, all the highs and lows. Looking back, I feel that this journey has really changed me. I've been through three stages of Green Dot. It wasn't all happy and smooth sailing. It was really very tough. During my first few years of Green Dot, every day I wake up, I go and cook at a store. I feel like giving up. Every night I tell myself, I think this is the last day. But tell Justin, I think you'll continue. So that first three to four years of my initial startup phase, I treat Green Dot as work. I find no meaning because I have no F&B experience before this. I don't like F&B. I never stepped in the kitchen before. So even before I start Green Dot, I don't know how to cut broccoli or cook rice. Remember first day, the uncle said, oh, you go and cook some rice. He said, how to cook the rice? <laughs> how to measure the water? <laughs> That's where I know, oh, you just put the hand in the water. So yeah. that, was raw. that first three to four years was work to me. Even the way you describe it sounds like a chore already. I hate to go, but because I chose this path, so ego kept me going. Mm. Then second phase, because after I started Green Dot, then I grew to a few outlets. Then NUS also gave me a fund because they also acknowledged me as young entrepreneur. Finally, mm. some acknowledgement. So from then on, it became a career for me because I was being packaged as a young entrepreneur from NUS. Mm. I was driven by results. I wanted to grow Green Dot and to do well and to show that I'm a successful young entrepreneur. So I was driven by that. That's where I also faced a lot of problems. Although my business grew to many others, but they wasn't making money. There were mm. a lot of people's problems because I'm raw in management. Then I wasn't happy. I broke up with my other half. My health was in bad shape because I was working every day. I wasn't happy and my life is all about work. And I wasn't earning a lot of money because it's in a growth period. So the only thing driving me is because I'm a young entrepreneur. Career stage where I just work every day. Mm. So I achieved some success on surface, but I wasn't happy. Mm. That was where about five years ago, Mm. I had to find answers to change this. One morning, it was YouTubing. Then I saw Ting Kong Pass. At the moment, I I felt that there's actually another way of looking at life. Mm. That was where I started to I have more balance in my life. I got a personal trainer. I start to go for music. Then I realized that although I don't work as long, I have a bit of balance, but my business got better. And mm. at that moment, I start to really go deeper into understanding what is vegetarian about. And that's where it became a mission for me. And that's where Green Dot start to get better and better. Three phases from work to a career to seeing as a mission. People say the aha moment, but sometimes it's just an accumulation of a few things. Change isn't one moment. People sometimes oversimplify change. Change is like 1%, 1% every day. Not everybody can, bah, oh, then this yeah. moment. So I think it's being oversimplified. I always tell people learning is not always about learning new things. 
actually the biggest and most important learning is learning about the toxic in yourself. Life oh. is about removing all this toxic from you. Like, for example, when we are baby, we are very mm. pure. As we grow up, we start to have a disappointment, frustration, mm. anger, jealousy. So all these are within us. So as we grow up and we start to understand this, our journey starts to take out all these toxic one by one. Jealousy, maybe you got level 10, but today you can take out one level, so you left nine. So you keep taking them out. So I feel that change is not the moment, but it's just that, oh, you realize and you do it day by day. It's not that today you reach, mm. just start you on the journey. Every day you remove something incrementally build up that sense of self-awareness yeah. and with that self-awareness then you put in the patience the effort yeah. to remove it as you say take out the toxins and then yeah. become purer and purer in heart and body because you mentioned jealousy as well I think jealousy is something that is so deep-rooted in all of us it's almost deep-rooted in our conditioning from young when we are in school jealousy is almost the thing that drives us to excel because you see that someone else is doing better, uh -huh. someone else scoring more president or CCA, then you push yourself to do. But what that accumulates is all of us become young adults that are so insecure, <laughs> they are so fearful and lack courage to try something new. So it, it is very, very toxic in a way. Yes. Yeah. So back to your three phases that you shared, in the mission phase, it sounds that everything in your life started to become better. You were finding balance, you were becoming happier. And ironically, because you found that happiness, that drive, that energy, your green dot started to see more success as well, right? Yeah, it's all about the mindset. You know. <laughs> Looking back, I know why I wasn't so happy when I was starting a business. Because of one mindset, I always tell myself, it means entrepreneurship must be tough. That's why oh. my is already tuned to make my life very tough every day. <laughs> I realized that if I don't feel that my life is in a mess or very miserable, I don't feel that I'm going through entrepreneurship. Right. That's where I realized that all the actions I do, I start yeah. to make my life miserable. Because uh, you need to be hustling and you need to feel awful. <laughs> second mindset, they always say, earn oh. money very tough. That's why I always do very tough ways to earn money. My life very tough to earn money. I mean, of course, money is not everything, but money is important. But I realized that money is a byproduct of mm. the excellence in the things you do. Mm. If you are not earning money, it means you are not so good in the things that you are doing yet. Mm. Money is not attracted to you yet. Mm. That's why I realized that a lot of mindsets make me very, very miserable in the earliest mm. life. And I think that Buddhism always talk about life, there's a lot of sufferings, but there are actually causes. Buddhism helped me understand what are the causes of my suffering. I start to go deeper into facing all the internal reasons that lead to my unhappiness. And then, then that sparked the change in me. Yes, and in the Four Noble Truths, the reason why we are facing so much suffering, so much disappointment is always because we are clinging to something that we want, yes, we yes. refusing to accept the way things are. And I think the most beautiful thing about Buddhism is not that it tells you that there is suffering, but it actually tells you there is a way out of suffering. <laughs> and that gives us so much hope to put in the effort to free ourselves from this misery. <laughs> yes. Can you share maybe one of the biggest challenges that you faced in the mission phase of your career and your life and if relevant how did Buddhism specifically help you overcome it? Oh, the biggest challenge was me deciding to become a vegetarian honestly because my whole family is not vegetarian it's not difficult for me to be a vegetarian because of my work my chef always R&D 
new dishes for me to try. But one of the challenges was my parents. So I remember I, one weekend I told my mom, I want to become a full vegetarian because it's something that I really believe in. Yeah. So my mom said, you no, know, as usual, they say, ah, why? You don't eat well, not enough nutrients. I said, but you let me try <coughs> to decide uh, what I want. I yes. always respect my decision. Okay. And then she said, okay. Then the next weekend, because it used to be a habit, every Sunday, they would buy Lassi Lamak or Roti Prata for me. Sunday, I woke up, I opened up the breakfast, then it was a Lassi Lamak. Oh was, no, cannot eat. Oh, yeah. How should I eat? How should I eat? To me, it was not a point where I become vegetarian. I tell myself, family, mother's belief and respect is still very important. I ask myself, as a wise person or wise monk in my situation, what will you do? The key is not to be angry with my mom for not understanding, but the key is becoming a better person after yes. becoming a vegetarian. That I must prove to my mom that after I become a vegetarian, I'm still a good child that she loves and I want to become a better person. Of course, she starts to accept my decision, but initial stage, right? Yeah. Very embarrassed to share with my relative that I'm a vegetarian. Two, three years later, they start to prepare vegetarian options for me. Mm. I realized that, ah, finally. You know, Getting more acceptance. So this journey is like that. Buddhism has helped me in practical aspects, facing challenges like that and not be angry or be embarrassed or doubt my own decisions. It's, it's all about changing your mindset and it's all about changing yourself. The change can always start from yourself. I think it's very, very wise of you because what you're doing is that you're not attaching solely to your view that I am vegetarian now ah, I must yeah, only yeah, eat veggie yeah. everyone must approve <laughs> yeah, but yeah, rather yeah. it's being respectful and considerate about oh, other yeah. people yes mm. and make sure that it's convenient to them it doesn't make them feel slighted that you don't eat their food so it's very wise of you yeah it was not easy but that's yeah. why I said sometimes change is <clears throat> not immediate some things can be immediate sometimes you know that things take time and yeah. patience talking okay. about patience looking back on my entrepreneurship journey Mm. I was from NUS Business School. In school, I have many driven classmates, very intelligent classmates, very resourceful classmates. After 10 years, why am I here? And having a little bit of result, I realized the key difference is patience. Mm. patience. We want to believe that if we put in effort today, we want to get results tomorrow. But you realize that all these things take time. And I think the biggest, biggest quality that young people need to have is patience. You know, patience to put in the hard work and live in the moment. When you are working, you enjoy your work. When you are at home watching TV, you enjoy the TV. When mm. you are in the podcast, you enjoy the podcast. You know that the result will come, but it's not immediate. But I guess a lot of people do not have patience or lose patience because they do not have faith that the result will come. Any advice that you may have for that? In this world, we need to be more optimistic. <laughs> As a CEO, people always ask, what's your five-year plan, three-year plan, 10-year plan? Honestly, it's very hard to plan very long-term in mm. a context where the world changes very fast. Aim to become a better person every day and becoming better in what you do. I think mm. that's the key. La. And most important is being present. I also don't have a way to tell you to believe that the goal will happen. Yeah. Mm. And I think enjoying the moment is more important. Enjoying the process. It's the yeah. outcome, not the final destination. Yeah, that is the no. outcome. Because I think when you adopt that kind of approach as well to life, then you allow yourself to open up to the possibility that life could give you. Maybe it's not what exactly you plan for, but it could be yeah. something even more yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Because the goal is what we believe is beautiful. 
But maybe when you reach there, you realize that mm. it's really as beautiful as you think it is. But it's the moment that we open our mind up to awareness, up to what's happening around us and grab the opportunities. Maybe that will be the best journey for us. The goal is what we think is the best for us, but it might not be. When you move forward and you open up, then you realize the opportunities change. Wonderful. So stepping a little bit back from the business perspective, the CEO perspective, you have recently become a parent of a beautiful girl and congrats on that. Thank you. I also wanted to ask you on a more personal level. So how has becoming a parent changed your perspective on mission, meaning and priorities in life? It's a huge change for me and a very meaningful experience for me because becoming a father when you look at your child it makes you feel that whenever you have any problems in your life and work problems you look at her and all problems will fade away Mm -hmm. so sometimes it makes you realize what's important in life also after i have my baby of course aspect of my life has slowed down like Mm. last time i used to go for yoga six Mm. times a week now one time a week is really (laughs) a bonus to me my life is all about work and going home to accompany her so I realized that it's about finding a balance. Life cannot be in full throttle in all aspects. So you need to know that sometimes this thing is faster, sometimes this thing is lower, and there's nothing wrong. Sometimes people get frustrated, ah, because of my child, I have to give up so much. But you have to understand that this is part and parcel of life. And instead of thinking that you have to give up, why don't you think that this is a happy time of you being with your children? And mm. I'm thankful that she's a happy baby and a healthy baby. That's wonderful. And even just seeing you speaking about her, I can already see the joy in your eyes, that smile that you have when you're speaking. (laughs) It's so wonderful. And I wonder what's your aspirations for her when she grows up? To become a person of a good character, Confucius teaching of four modules. The first module they learn is always the values. What is the right value? What's the right principles? Then second, they learn the way you speak, the way you act. Uh, the third, they learn about culture and your history. And mm. last, they learn more about becoming your profession. During my time, we were more focused on you study science to become a doctor, but you study whatever degree to become a profession in Singapore. So I feel can be even better. It's values teaching. So most important thing we can do for our children is to let them have the right values. What I can do is focus on myself, become a person of good values so that she will also be inspired to become a good person in the future. In a way, walking the talk, being the role model for her. She learns from seeing, from admiring how you behave, how you treat others, your wife and the employees that you have as well. So you were saying just now that all aspects of your life cannot be in full throttle all at the same time. You only go crazy like that. (laughs) So at this point, it seems like family is taking the forefront. Then how are you balancing or how are you managing the stakeholders at work or other aspects of that? Do you tell them like, okay, guys, I'm clocking out at five? (laughs) So I always believe in knowing your priorities. I I believe there are four pillars of life. The first pillar of life, 身心健康, Mm. inner and physical health. So that's number one. Second thing, I call it family happiness. Mm. And third thing, I call it 助人之父, earning money through helping people. Mm. Lastly, I call it 广结善缘. Hmm. making meaningful interaction with people and helping others, giving back. These four players, I think maybe a lot of people understand, but the key is there's a priority. 
you must build upon this in quite uh, mm. order. When you're very young, some people say, oh, I need a lot of networking. Then you spend a lot of time networking. All this networking, pointless if you don't have the first three. See, let's say you don't have a career yet. You go and network. But you network, you are asking people for help. You don't have the experience and even the resources to help people. Or let's say you have a very good career, but you don't have a family to fall back on or you don't have health to fall back on. That's where you become empty. Career will always be very, very tough. Why? Uh, because you take a salary. <laughs> so you must exchange it with your hard work. So if you ever find a work that no need hard work and give you a salary, <laughs> you tell me. let's go to the <laughs> There will always be hard work. It means there will always be disappointment and frustration. Mm. It's okay. Because when you have frustration, then you go home, if mm. you uh, uh, wife or husband or mother, you tell your mother, mommy, wow, today my work very tough. Uh, my boss called me. Ah, never mind. Okay, good girl. <laughs> I'll try again. That's where you have a good night's sleep and you go out and try. Then let's say you have a hobby. Then you fall mm. back uh, the hobby. Mm. See, your work is very tough. You fall back, you go up again. Fall back and go up again. It's this constant way of Mm. Back and going back again makes you rise up in your career mm. because the two foundations uh, stop you from falling all the way down keep you there and keep you going up mm. it's almost like a bouncing net of yes. resilience it keeps yes. you bouncing and you bounce uh-huh. higher after that that's mm. why I feel it's very important to build the pillars of your life that's how I make my decisions in life it's about priorities for me I exercise maybe two three times a week but that's the most important thing for me I will allocate time to do that but yeah. we still take up majority of my time and family. Mm. Uh, mm. It just means the priority. Set time for that. You tell your wife, hey, I need to go for this one-hour training. Can you please step in for me? My wife will say, okay, please. We all agree. We know mm. that health is very important. And when you communicate these priorities as well, then it becomes the non-negotiable for you and you're able to take care of yourself and take yeah. care of others. Because when you take care of yourself, you show up better as well to other people. Treat them nicer. Don't get angry so fast. <laughs> That's how we balance that. And my wife also agree. And we yeah. encourage each other. We cover for each other when we go for our hobbies, our exercise and things that we need to do. Mm. serve the family and our work better and for the Sun Sin Jian Kang I think taking care of the physical and the internal mental hygiene I think Buddhism has a lot to contribute there some useful exercises that people can do also is to do a short meditation daily practice or end of day journaling or even starting your day with gratitude contentment just wake up and finding two to three things that you're thankful for to be alive in this moment and that can definitely help keep a very very healthy mood and well-being any other tips Yong Ho? I think reading mm. reading has been a huge part of my life if you don't like reading you can do audiobooks I spend a lot of time on the road I spend a lot of resources on reading and learning I think it's very important so many things happen in the world and we tend to be FOMO fear of missing mm. out but Buddhism has taught me that actually the key is not to be so worried about things that keep happening, but rather learn a lot more about the right values, the right principles. This will guide you to make decisions even without knowing what's happening all around the world. We need to be updated with the news, but don't feel like you miss out a lot or you feel very nervous because you don't know a lot of things happening. It's more of understanding the values and the principles that help you make better decisions. And of course, I feel that learning is also learning about yourself and grow a lot more by learning about the bad things about yourself. Looking at cycles in your life. Like for example, 
you used to argue with a friend in this company. And you say, oh, my friend, uh, very bad. Always bad mouth me. Yeah. Then you change another company. But things still happen. Then you say, yeah. this company not good. The culture not good. The boss not good. Then you change. Then after you change again, you argue again. Ah, the cleaner auntie not good. That's why I argue. So you must realize that the problem is who? You. <laughs> you are the only constant in those, those environments. Yes. <laughs> looking, looking at the bad cycles in our life and jumping out of bad cycles, that how you always prove in different aspects of life. Just reflect. It's one of very useful way in, in improving your lives. Yeah. yeah. And that really reminds me of a quote. The problem never goes away until you learn from it. Then yes. that's how you solve it and resolve it and then it will go away on its own. I think we've had a really long, wonderful conversation talking about your entrepreneurial journey, talking about your learnings and growth from the Buddhism aspect. I see that it's really peppered in your life principles and even some of the decisions that you make as well. Touching a little bit about how having a daughter really brings to the forefront of what is important while at the same time balancing the other pillars of your life. So if you were to end on one piece of advice to young adults out there who are trying to find purpose, what is that one piece of advice that you share with them? Of course, first thing is what is your definition of success? There's no right and wrong. I think this success changes according to age and what you've been through. So you define what is success to you. At this moment of time and the next three to five years, or even you say, at this moment, I want to have a lot of money. Okay, it can also be, but just be happy doing it. When you face challenges in trying to go for your goal, just accept it because it's what you define as success. And second thing, after you define, it's good to focus on who you are becoming rather than what you're accumulating. Mm. Because what you're accumulating is attracted to you. It's not mm. you, you chase them. So focus on who you are becoming. If you become a person of good values, good quality, good leadership, or you have good skills, good things follow you, good people will follow you. Thanks for sharing and thanks for your time through this entire podcast. Thanks, everybody. And I hope you continue to stay happy and wise. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review on Spotify. Thank you. Bye. Bye.